hello, hello. Michael Lombardo here. Welcome to Awaken Podcast. Today, I have um, I have an author, I have a minister, I have an amazing man of God on the show with me today. We're going to be talking about discipleship and how important discipleship is. And so make sure to keep listening. If you are new to the show, there's an episode releasing every Monday on Charisma Podcast Network. You could also go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Audible, pretty much anywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can tap in if you are listening week after week to the podcast. Thank you so much for spreading the word, for sharing it. You know, I I looked into the analytics. It's being downloaded everywhere, Australia, Thailand, India, America, Canada, all over the place. And so it is a blessing that you guys are listening and downloading and tapping in week after week. It is my heart, Ephesians 5.14, awake, awake, O sleeper, rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. The apostle Paul spoke that to believers, not unbelievers. The Lord is awakening our hearts to the beauty of Jesus, all that he has done for us, who we are in Christ, the tools that we have to truly be ministers of the gospel, ministers of reconciliation in a world that needs it so badly, so desperately. And so um, it is my goal and my ambition to bring forth revelatory teaching to really impact your heart. We have different series. We're in a series uh, on abiding on in the spirit of God, intimacy with God, walking with the spirit. Um, if you could tune back to some episodes previously, you'll find that. We've had series on identity and righteousness and the fear of the Lord and and walking and hearing the voice of God. And so, um, and we also speak to amazing people from around the world that are in the harvest field, truly making a difference in this world for the kingdom of heaven and the gospel. And so today my guest is Lee Grady. He is an author. He is an award-winning journalist, a minister, a missionary, and the director of the Mordecai Project, which is an international ministry that confronts the marginalization of women globally. He's an author of several books, including 10 Lies the Church Tells Women, another book called Set My Heart on Fire. And today we'll be talking about his newest release, which is entitled Follow Me, Make Disciples the Way That Jesus Did. And so thank you so much, Lee. It's an honor to have you on the show with me. Hey, buddy. Thank you so much for having me. It's good to be here. Absolutely. And I know I shared your bio. I shared a little bit about your ministry, but um, tell us a little bit more so people get familiar kind of with your heart, your passion, what you're doing uh, before we dive in today. Well, a lot of people might know me from my years as a journalist at Charisma. But uh, in 2000, well, in the year 2000, uh, in response to a very dangerous prayer that I prayed, (laughs) which was, here am I, Lord, send me, Uh, I launched out into full-time ministry and began the Mordecai Project, uh, which has now taken me to about 36 countries, and we work Mm. in 11 of those countries right now. Uh, confronting the abuse of women. Uh, But all throughout all of that, I also spend a lot of my time investing in the next generation. That's, that's what wakes me up in the morning is pouring my life out into young leaders. Yeah. And so that's where this book came from, this discipleship book. So Mm. it's a blessing to be with you talking about that. (laughs) I love how you said a dangerous prayer. Here I am, Lord, send me. Because he'll take you up on the offer, won't he? <laughs> he totally does. I mean, I was a guy who was was very content sitting at a desk writing. Uh, you know, I was kind of the Clark Kent guy. I was happy to be in my little 
office, you know, at Charisma. Mm -hmm. But the Lord started challenging me, started bothering me about Mm. what he really had for me. And I had to step out of my comfort zone for sure. Yeah. And said yes to that. Didn't know what I was really signing up for when I said yes. Yeah. I don't think the Lord gives us <laughs> the full picture, you know, all the details. Yeah. Uh, had no idea I'd be going all over the world like that, but it's been a wonderful adventure. Yeah. Now, a mantra of mine is, Lord, I want everything you died for me to have, and I don't want anything in my life you died to free me from. And that has been Good. a mantra in my life, and we were destined for. Um, I don't know. Our calling is immeasurably more than we could ask or think. We can't do it in our own power and strength. It's got to be his strength, his power. He opens the doors and he blows our minds. God has has taken me and my and my wife and my family up on that several times saying, Lord, we'll do whatever you want us to do. And he always asks us to do something that he needs to sustain us and give us the strength and the faith to be able to do it. But um, I want to talk to you today about your book, Follow Me, Make Disciples the Way Jesus Did. You open up your book with a beautiful story. And first of all, I just want to say uh, for those who are thinking about getting this book, it is a beautiful combination of testimonies of, of the practical testimony, like of the things that God's done in your life, the many things that you've seen, as well as chock full of the word of God, practical application. Um, so spiritual advice, revelation, practical application story that'll really inspire and motivate. Um, you start off your book sharing about how you walked into a convenience store and you spoke to a young man from India and I loved that story. And so I just kind of wanted to lay the found foundation there and talk about that. Can you share that? Yeah, it's kind of cool, Stephen, because mm-hmm. uh, I mentioned to you uh, earlier that I was just in New Jersey and this Indian guy actually uh, is working in New Jersey right now. And I got to be with him mm. and he actually got to give a little bit of his testimony to a church where I was speaking. But awesome. yeah, I um, right before the pandemic started, I walked into this gas station in LaGrange, Georgia, where I live recognized that the guy behind the counter was from India. We got into a conversation, which ended up leading us to sit down at a table in the store and he gave his heart to Jesus. Mm. And then the pandemic started a few weeks after my schedule was canceled. And so I had the, the, uh, the wonderful opportunity to go and sit in his store every morning for several months and disciple him. And uh, that experience was just, it was kind of like living out everything that I believe, but I learned a lot from it. And, uh, and then uh, baptized him, got him, you know, filled with the, he got filled with the Holy spirit. Mm. And then he led 11 people to Jesus in the gas station (laughs) as a new Christian. Yeah. And uh, but that I use that story to just tell about the exciting process that we're all called to engage in, and that is not only winning people to Jesus, but investing in them to see them to come to maturity. That's what Jesus called us to do. Mm-hmm. And so this this book is really about how we can develop a lifestyle of discipling others because. That is the mandate Jesus gave us. It has never changed. And we need desperately right now in the church, I believe, to re recapture a, a culture of discipleship in the church because we've forgotten it. We've become so event-oriented mm. 
mm. that we forgot about this very basic call from God and this uh, the fact that discipleship has to be relational. It's not a mechanical process or something you just do from a pulpit. It has to be everyone in the church pouring their lives into others. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And just hearing that story reminds me of um, a spiritual mother, Heidi Baker. You know, I was in Mozambique. That's where I met my wife in Mozambique, Africa with Iris Global. But, um, you know, she would always say, stop for the one. Stop for the one. That's like a mantra of hers. Stop for the one. Stop for the one. And, you know, just this story, you know, you've been, you were in ministry for years. In, two, in year 2000, you launched out in the ministry, you know, all these different nations you've been to. Um, but then, in, you know, in 2020, you're sitting with a man in a gas station every single day. And, you know, a lot of people that are in ministry would say like, wow, you know, that's not that's not glamorous. That's not the things that people see. That's not what you promote. And that's not what you put on the flyer, you know. But it is getting in the trenches with people and stopping for the one and your investment in that individual wound up multiplying the the kingdom fruit that came from it. And I'm sure to this day is continuing and continuing. It's fruit that remains. I read this morning, John, you know, John, uh, I believe is 16. We're talking about fruit that remains. And so I don't know. I love that. It's beautiful. We can't, you know, especially in this day and age. And you talk about it in your book, this day and age of you know, being a social media influencer and churches that are just focused on growth, growth, numbers, numbers, and, you know, trying to build our platform to glorify Jesus. But a lot of times we're just pointing people to ourselves and our platform. You know, it's, it's important that we go back to the way that Jesus did discipleship. And I want to, I want to talk about that a little bit. Yeah. And, you know, the whole thing about stopping for the one, that's actually what we see so much of in the life of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And it's what we see in the book of Acts. You know, because of the way we're programmed here in the West, we think in terms of big and we think in terms of crowds. And, you know, there are some moments in the book of Acts where we see crowds. We see 3,000 people saved on the day of Pentecost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But your average day in the book of Acts is not that. Your average day is one-on-one. It's people meeting in a small group. It's not glamorous. Mm-hmm. You know, and yet the book of Acts focuses a lot of attention on that. You know, Philip goes down to a place, a desert road. The Holy Spirit led him to a desert road in Gaza where he meets this one Ethiopian. And he it, it's obviously the right time for that conversation. You know, he leads him to Christ. And then, you know, uh, we know from history that that guy actually was a strategic instrument in starting the church in Ethiopia. Mm-hmm. So, you know, God's ways are so much higher than ours and different from ours because we always want to think that the bigger, the better, but God's interested in quality mm-hmm. more than just quantity. Mm-hmm. And I think the problem is today we have a lot of, quantity. We have a lot of people in chairs in church, even in a church where you have to use a pair of binoculars to see the pastor. (laughs) But where is this one-on-one or small group discipleship going on? Because that's where we become mature and that's where people grow and become and and discover who they are called to be. That's where they are truly discipled. So that is my passion that we would get back to that New Testament model. Yeah. And even just the statement that you made about, uh, you know, quality over quantity. You know, I'm just thinking about John chapter six, where he had all these people following him. He had these disciples and everyone's following him. And, 
And then he starts talking about drinking his blood and eating his flesh. And he really just does not hold back. And he's going deep in some mysteries from heaven. He's going deep. And it said that many people stopped following him that day. And he looked at Peter. He looked at Peter and he looked to his disciples and said, you guys want to go too? It's essentially giving up an opportunity. You want to leave? You want to leave too? We can't go anywhere. You have the words of life, you know, but you know, that, that wasn't a seeker sensitive message. You know, that wasn't something that you get people to come into the doors on Sunday. That wasn't that kind of message, but he spoke the truth. And, um, and those who stuck around really, he used those people to turn the world upside down. Right. And, you know, I'm not a guy who's against big churches. I think some big churches are doing a great job. There's some small churches that are not discipling people. That's good. But the whole point is that we're supposed to be fulfilling this mandate that Mm. Jesus gave us, whether we're a big church or a small church. The question is, are we doing it? Are we making disciples? Because I think that's how the Lord's going to evaluate our work in the end is not, you know, how many seats did you have? How many people in those seats became disciples? Mm -hmm. And then I'll have people a lot of times ask me, well, how do you know when you make a disciple? You know, and the answer is when that person begins making disciples themselves. That's (laughs) That's how you know they came to maturity if Mm -hmm. if they start bearing fruit. Otherwise, if you've got a church full of spectators, who are just listening to the word and going home and living their lives all week, that's not disciples. And so we're not fulfilling the great commission. Mm-hmm. And you, you talk about like reasons why you believe that churches and many people in the body of Christ aren't making disciples and why that's not a focus. And you break down, you know, several different points. I believe it's seven different points. I'd love to go into that a little bit because you know, this is the Great Commission. Preach the gospel, make disciples. You know, we love the heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, all of that stuff, which is a part of the discipleship process, like go and do the works of Jesus. But at the same time, like, hey, the Great Commission is make disciples. How come so many churches and so many people aren't really focusing on this? Well, I don't know how many pastors are listening to this uh, podcast right now, but, mm-hmm. you know, I think bottom line, we have to come back to leadership. And I've learned that one of the main reasons churches don't make disciples is because the pastor himself was never really discipled. Wow. Mm. Um, We think that just going through maybe a ministry school or a seminary is enough to prepare someone for ministry. And I've talked to a lot of older leaders who tell me that basically when they were young, they were just thrown into the deep end of the pool and they had to learn how to do it themselves. That's not the biblical way. Mm-hmm. The biblical way is Timothy served under Paul as a as a really you know as a everything he had mm-hmm. into Timothy and I think in the end Timothy ended up becoming his successor mm-hmm. but we don't see that as much today mm-hmm. I I always took it for granted because I was actually discipled as a young man uh this older minister uh, I mean, he was old to me. He was in his early thirties, <laughs> sure, sure. but I was, I was a teenager and this guy invested in me for three years. And then we stayed connected. We are still connected. We actually did a conference together last year. He's been like a spiritual father to me for more than 47 years. Wow. And I always thought that was normal mm-hmm. because I see that in scripture, but most leaders I know didn't have that. Mm-hmm. And I think, now is the time that the church needs to step up and we need to reclaim this biblical model 
so that we can train a Timothy generation to do uh, uh, what what God's called us to do and to harness, you know, this incredible potential that's in the young generation. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. You know, in your in your book, you talk about the three different relationships that we're meant to have as believers. And I don't know if I know because when I was newly saved, I went right to Christ for the Nations Institute in Dallas, Texas for three years. That was the first time I heard you speak. I'm not sure if you're the person I heard this from or if it was from somebody else, but I'm grateful that when I first got saved, I heard about these three different relationships we're, you know, we're supposed to have as believers. And I want to talk about that a little bit because it's essential. I grabbed hold of it. And I always was, I was, I was, you know, God connected me with an amazing woman of God um, in ministry for years and years. One of my teachers at Christ for the Nations who poured into me, she encouraged me, she corrected me, she brought me on missions trips, she gave me a microphone, she encouraged me in my calling, she brought me to the jungle and with, you know, she did, she, you know, she was instrumental in my life. She imparted gifts into my life, which is a huge part of even discipleship impartation. And she did so much of that. And um, so anyways, I'm I'm grateful that I got this message early, but at the same time, a lot of people don't. And so I'd love to talk yeah, about that. Yeah, those three relationships, it's very, very simple. And of course, we're not talking about family relationships here. That's obviously that's a priority. Yeah. But I, I teach that every Christian needs, number one, we need a Paul, or if you're female, you know, you can say Pauline, because we've got both yeah. men and women who do this. But Pauls are our mentors. They're our role models, mm-hmm. our spiritual fathers and mothers. We need those. Mm-hmm. Uh, secondly, is your Barnabas. Is those are your peer relationships. And we desperately need that. We need a support network. We need people who understand us and that we can be open with and uh, open with about our struggles. Yeah. Uh, you know, basically friends, you know, today, so many Christians are lonely. They don't have any friends and it's not healthy. It's, it's very uh, unhealthy to be a loner in the church. Mm-hmm. And then third, we need Timothy's and those are the people that we are discipling. And it's, it's normal for any believer to have those relationships. But when I talk about this in a lot of churches, I find that many, many people do not have those people in their lives. They've never experienced that. And they're actually very disconnected. And what we've been through this last three years with this pandemic has made it worse. People have gotten so used to being isolated that they don't realize how desperately we need relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When it comes to discipleship, I'm thinking to myself, because there's been so many times in my life where somebody's gravitated towards me and they looked up to me and I would spend time with them and I would pour into them, but I wouldn't necessarily call them my disciple or there was nothing that was like, you know, verbalize like, Hey, I'm going to pour into you or, Hey, I'm going to mentor you. Or they didn't ask me necessarily kind of organically happened. And so would you, would you say that's, that's good? That's accurate. You know, I think that people are like, well, what does it look like to be discipled? Like, does it need to be official? Like you're officially my mentor or whatever. I mean, I'm, I'm not so big on it has to be, um, completely clarified like that. And Mm -hmm. I, and I don't think that leaders should go around saying, you know, I'm your spiritual father or, you know, sort of throwing their weight around. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of young men in particular who come to me and ask if they can have time with me, uh, if they can go on a trip with me. I do a lot of that. I take a lot of young leaders with me Mm -hmm. on trips. I'm, I'm heading to Pittsburgh this weekend and I've got uh, a young man who's meeting me there. He's going to spend the whole weekend with me. I do that a lot because I find that it's such a mm. rich way to invest. Yeah. 
in someone. So it doesn't have to be like we define it necessarily. Uh, I have guys who say, you know, you are my mentor. Uh, and, and I also say you don't have to just have one. You can have multiple mentors. I have that. Mm-hmm. So it's not a it's not a thing about being exclusive or controlling a person. It's just simply being that role model for them. And 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 you're developing a friendship. And of course, that relationship will change as that person grows up. I have guys that I've mentored who have become pastors and leaders. And so I tell them, you know, I'd be comfortable if you were my pastor at that <laughs> yeah. because they've grown. And so that's the point is that they would grow up. You don't necessarily stay in the same position with them after after time. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, being a Christ for the nations, I had a lot of friends of mine that were like craving a spiritual father, craving a spiritual mother. And, um, I kind of went after it, you know, when I was newly saved, I saw this woman of God, Sharon Hobbs, she was, uh, operating in the prophetic and there was such a strong anointing in her class. And I just like followed her around. I went to her Bible. Uh, I went to her prayer meeting in the morning and I engaged in prayer and I've said, Hey, what mission trip are you doing this year? I want to go with you. And I really initiated it and kind of pursued her. And then she kind of just, you know, responded with the desire to, but a lot of people don't know how to engage. I think with people that they want to be mentored by or learn from, and they're kind of expecting an individual to be like, thus say it, the Lord, you're going to be my you know, Elisha or whatever, you know, and they're like kind of waiting for something sovereign to have. What would you say to someone listening to this? Maybe they're, they're a young person and they're craving that kind of mentorship. Maybe they have a pastor, but it's a mega church and he's, you know, at the end of service, he goes, you know, he, he disappears and, you know, they just don't really know where to find somebody that could, that could give that to them. Well, you know, I, I don't, I'm not asking people to, you know, chase people down and make them, you know, put them on pedestals and, you know, uh, have some unreasonable expectations about this. To me, it's very, very natural. And I also believe that the Holy Spirit is involved in the mm. process. Yes. He's, he's the one who connects us with people. Mm-hmm. So like I'll go somewhere uh, to speak and there, and God may just put one or two people uh, in my path during that weekend. And there's just like a clicking, there's a connection that happens. And I know that the Holy Spirit wants me to know these people and to, uh, you know, just give them access to my life. I mean, I give my phone number to a lot of people. I, my life is open because I've told the Lord, I'll do this. I'll serve you by pouring into these younger leaders. And so I do, I spend a lot of my time doing it, not for everybody, but the Holy spirit is involved in this process. Mm -hmm. So if we're yielded to the Holy spirit, he's going to show us who we should pour into. And if you're a young person looking for a mentor, don't be desperate, but let the Holy spirit connect you with the right people. And that lifts the pressure off a little bit, doesn't it? Because now you don't need to disciple every single person that comes your way because you're (laughs) ministering to thousands upon thousands of people or hundreds of people or wherever it may be. And, you know, you feel like, oh, yeah, I got to make disciples. I got to make disciples. So everyone you see, you have to disciple them. It lifts the pressure off. The Holy Spirit's involved here. He's our friend that sticks closer than a brother. He's the Mm -hmm. one that is a lamp into our feet and a light into our path. He's illuminating the word, illuminating how to walk, what to do. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Acknowledge him in all your ways. And he will 
will direct your path. And so that's key. We need to walk with the Holy Spirit. We have this union with him and he's speaking to us and we're hearing the voice of God and we're walking in that way. I just feel like, wow, pressure off, you know, you know, it's like, wow, we, I could walk with the Lord and, and really just, he'll bring the right people in my path. And and at that point, when he does act on it, you know, act on it and engage with those individuals and really, you know, in obedience. And so, um, Anyways, I would love to talk a little bit about kind of what discipleship, I know you kind of go into some practical things about what discipleship could look like. Obviously, churches, you know, with small groups and different things like that are just engaging on, you know, one-on-one relationships. You talk about in your book that there's a crisis right now with personal relationships, one-on-one relationships in the church. Um, Anyway, how could we grow as a church or individuals really in this? Well, I, I, I teach churches this whole uh, about this whole issue and the first place we start is trying to get christians to actually become relational mm. because so many people are almost like dysfunctional in this area and i think that the church has trained us you know to come to church sit in your chair and then walk out the door and people are so uh lonely and then we've also had this idea that you know, it's just me and Jesus. You know, I just have this relationship with God and I listen to my favorite music and I listen to my favorite sermons. And then, you know, it's not really about people, Yeah. (laughs) but we've got to get back to book of acts, Christianity, which is very much about community. Yeah. And we don't really know that. I think in the West, we become so consumer oriented about church, that it's really just like what I want, what I'm going to pick and choose. But in the New Testament church, it is about we're flowing as a family, as a body. You know, we are a community. And in that community, the older ones are caring for the younger ones, and we're raising them up to be our replacements. Yeah, That's Mm -hmm. the whole point. Uh, and that's why in America, you know, you look around and you see so many congregations that are dying because we didn't believe this. We didn't do it. We're we're not training up a new generation. Mm-hmm. And so many, many churches in 10, 20 years, they're going to be underground, yeah. in the ground, literally in the ground, mm-hmm. because they're going to die. And we're not we did not pass the mantle to the Elishas. That is part of my passion is that we would yes. get busy doing that. Yeah, yeah, and God's captivating a lot of people right now. Many ministers, ministries with this understanding, with this conviction. You know, uh, I heard a, I heard somebody joke around one time. I forgot who it was, but they said, "Oh wow, we have a personal relationship with the Lord. A little too personal. We're keeping it to ourselves a little <laughs> bit too much. This personal, you know." But it was just I, I laughed so hard because yeah, we need to share this relationship they ha- that we have with the Lord with others. And a lot of the times, like you said, it's just me and Jesus. A lot of the times people are seeking God for an answer, for guidance, or for wisdom, and the Lord will speak to us directly about these things in our lives. But I've noticed that a lot of the time he'll give, you know, a spiritual leader in my life, or I'll give my parents, or I'll give, you know, a peer of mine in the Lord, or I'll run into somebody at church that'll come up to me and they'll give me a prophetic word, or they'll give me, you know, some direction or confirmation. And it's amazing that he anoints you know, people in our lives to bring that direction. You know, he doesn't want to only, 
You know, he loves this. He loves the personal connection and the communion we have with him, and he loves to answer us, but he does it through his people. This is a living, breathing organism, the body of Christ. We're meant to be in each other's lives, and everyone can't be the hands and the eyes and the nose and the kidneys. We, we We all need each other. And so um, I believe in this book. The name of this book is Follow Me, Make Disciples the Way Jesus Did. It is filled with the Word of God. It is got so much wisdom in there. And um, I'm, I'm reading it afresh for myself because this is something that God is really speaking to me and my wife, and he's bringing a lot of people into our lives. And we we, we believe this is the Great Commission. This is what it was meant to be. We've seen a lot of people recently just newly get saved, and they're like sponges, you know, family members of ours, friends of ours newly getting saved. They're like sponges just crying out for someone to just pour into them. And it's just like, yes, Lord, this is what it's all about. This is the kingdom, us doing life together, pouring into one another, you know? And so um, anyways, it's a joy to talk to you. I, I feel like I feel like as we as we end the podcast today, there's a lot of people who are looking for, you know, someone to mentor them or discipleship, uh, you know, disciple them. Or there's people that have been hurt by leadership, been hurt by the church, been hurt by people who, you know, supposedly were discipling them or mentoring them. And um, I would love to just kind of maybe speak into that and encouragement um, if you feel led to pray or however you want to minister to that. But like just people that are like, yeah, like they're just they're, they're, they're just either they're craving it or they've been hurt by people who've tried to give it to them. Sure. Well, I want to say to those people who were hurt that I know that that's real. I know that's true. I mean, I have been personally, I've been hurt by leaders. Um, You know, I wish that we could put a sign up in the parking lot in our church that says worship at your own risk. You know, (laughs) we've, we forgot that relationship always, always requires risk. Yeah. You know, I I wish you could say that you can go to church and never get hurt, but it's just not possible because Mm -hmm. we're all human beings and we hurt people. And we could say, I want to find the perfect church where nobody would hurt me. But then if I go there, it's not going to be perfect church anymore (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because I'm not perfect. So, but I want to say to the people who have been hurt as a leader, I want you to know that I'm, I am sorry that that happened. Um, there are there are many leaders out there today who really did not learn how to treat people, and um, and that's why there's abuse, there's spiritual abuse, there's you know manipulation, control, all kinds, all those kinds of things. But I want you to know that there is still the possibility that you will find healthy relationships mm-hmm. and a healthy pastor and a healthy mentor. Uh, those kind of people are out there. Mm-hmm. And so I would like to pray that God, the Lord would heal those hearts. Yes, and for anybody out there who's who really wants a relationship like that, somebody who can just take them by the hand and say, hey, here's how you do it. Here's how you pray. Here's how you read the Bible. Let me show you. Just like Paul the Apostle said, you know, follow me as I follow Christ. Mm-hmm. There are people like that out there. They may not be behind a pulpit. They may not be, you know, with worldwide ministries. They they may just be, you know, working jobs, but they can be a mom and a dad or a or a good role model for you. So, Father, yes. we pray for every wounded heart out there today. We pray for those who have felt um, disappointment in these relationships. And Lord, I pray that you'd come alongside them, that you would heal their hearts, take out that pain. And then Father, I ask that you provide 
the people that they need in their lives, not just the mentors, but also the friends that you would bring into their lives to be that healthy support network. And we just pray, Lord, that all over America and in every nation that's represented by this podcast, Lord, we pray that you would build a healthy culture of discipleship in our churches, that we could do it the way Jesus did it, that we could do it the way Paul the Apostle did it, and Lord, that you would use us to grow up and become role models for the next generation. Yes. Just thank you that you're working by the Spirit. Lord, I know that you're using my brother this way, and you're going to expand his influence in touching many lives in this way. And Lord, I just pray everybody listening to this podcast will will step into this new season of be, being willing to invest their lives in others, Lord, in Jesus' name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I feel as you were as you were praying, I felt like you know we and you emphasized this and you mentioned this, but you were talking about you know being hurt by mentors or craving you know a spiritual father or mother. Um, but I also believe that the Lord is saying to certain individuals right now that you need to step up and you need to be that to those around you, that there are people that are listening or watching this have have been a little bit stagnant. You go to church, you receive, you have a lot on the inside of you, years of experience, years of walking with the Lord, testimonies of God carrying you through and strengthening you through hard times. You have a testimony that needs to be shared. And um, I believe that the Lord is stirring up your spirit right now saying, no, it's time to give. It's time to pour out. It's time to lay your life down for others, get into people's lives, share with them your life, impart your life, the gifts that you've received, the things that you've learned, the revelation, because a lot of times we feel stagnant. We feel unfulfilled. We feel like, oh, what am I doing with my life? Because we're not pouring out. We're not giving what has been deposited on the inside of us. There's so much life there is so much freedom. There is so much joy and abundance, that abundant life Jesus spoke about when we receive and give, receive and give, receive and give. And so that's what we're talking about today. And so I'm encouraging people who maybe feel like, what do I have to give? Or, you know, I'm not pastor so-and-so or prophet so-and-so. No, you are a saint. You are a child of God. You have the spirit. You are sealed with the spirit of heaven. You have the gifts of the Holy Spirit. You have a story. And um, even if it's just... You know, just starting small with like just one or two people or a little gathering at your house where there's hospitality and you feed people and bless people and love them and you're not delivering a long message or whatever it may be, what you think it should be. But I just encourage people to step out. It's time to give. It's time to pour out. There's many teachers. There's many teachers, but not many fathers and mothers. And so, um, Mm. and uh, Lee, thank you so much. When When I look at you and I'm not trying to flatter when I when I look at you, I see, you know, an authentic expression of what we need to be walking in in the church. In fact, that you bring people with you when you travel and minister. It's not just, I need my alone time. I got to study. I'm going to be by myself and I'm going to minister and I'm going to tuck myself away and get out of here as quick as I possibly can. But no, you like it's 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 what I see in the Bible. It's what I believe is how it's supposed to be. And so thank you for being that in the body of Christ. I honor you for that. Thank you. Uh, thank you for uh acknowledging that because mm-hmm. that is a passion of mine that mm-hmm. as leaders we would get off our high horse and just be servants again. Oh, that's so good. And the world will be transformed by it. They will see the love that we have for one another and they'll be transformed by it. If we could walk in those footsteps, man, we'll see a great harvest. And so um 
Thank you, Lee, for joining me. It really is an honor to talk about your book. How can people connect more with your ministry, the, you know, the Mordecai Project and everything you're doing? Yeah, they can just go to LeeGrady.com to find out more about what we're doing overseas. And uh, everything about the ministry is there. So okay. thanks so much for, for having me on. Mm-hmm. It's my joy. I'll put a link in the description section for all who are listening and watching so they could plug into that. And thank you so much. Great. And anybody who wants to go with me on a trip, will uh, they can contact me on the website as well. <laughs> I may take you up on that as well. I may take you up on that. And so for those who are listening and watching right now, thank you so much. Make sure to subscribe, rate, review this podcast so its influence can stretch out, so we can bless more people, encourage more people, strengthen more people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Bless you guys, and I'll speak to you next time on Awaken Podcast. <laughs>Hey guys, Michael Lombardo here. Uh, just quickly, I just want to make a resource available to you. I wrote a book released with Destiny Image Publishers called Immersed in His Glory, a supernatural guide to experiencing and abiding in God's presence. My desire is for you to get to know the Lord in a experiential way, to break every barrier to experience God's presence in your everyday life. I've met people all over the world that are just hungry to know him, but just don't know how to get there, don't know how to experience Jesus in a deeper way. You know, what keeps you from encountering him in a greater way? Do you feel unfit to enter his presence? Do you feel stuck? Maybe you worry that you don't know enough to meet with God. Every human being is hardwired with a need for intimacy with God. When this need isn't met, we search elsewhere and we find ourselves broken and unfulfilled. But connecting with God is of utmost importance. And in this book, I'm just inviting you to experience this vital union with the Holy Spirit that is greater than you have ever imagined. A continuous fellowship with God where a lifestyle of miracles, visions, encounters becomes normal. All right, so in this book, you learn how to be free from self-condemnation, guilt, and shame through intimacy with the Holy Spirit. You learn how to um, have guidance from God as you experience His presence every day. You overcome lies that have held you back from experiencing more of God. You get a revelation of your inheritance that was already freely yours, you know, through the lavish gift of grace through Jesus. And so I just want to present this to you immersed in His glory. You can go to Amazon and find it there. You could also go to my website, lifepouredoutintl.org org lifeportoutintl.org or you can go to destinyimage.com the audiobook is available as well on amazon.com as well as some video teachings at destinyimage.com and so bless you guys grab a copy of immersed in his glory thank you <laughs>